Blog Talk Radio. I'm continuing now our series titled Wisdom for Happy Successful Living. This is an esoteric study of selected parables of Jesus. This particular session concerns the parable of the mustard seed. And since this is a parable and a series in the study of parables, it is well that we review our definition. According to Reverend Ike, that eminent authority, a parable is a two-story story, one story being obvious, a exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, the other story being esoteric, E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C, or within the story. And it's interesting, as we study the parables, to be alert to the fact that there is a story inside of the story. There is another story running parallel. And in studying parables, we are not to miss the story within the story, the parallel story, the comparison story. But I like my own definition of parable, a two-story story. I'd never heard it said that way before, and I think we see that this is happening in our study of the parables. Let us go right away into some more introductory comments about the interpretation of the Bible as a whole. Now, the Bible is really a two-story story. Some people get so hung up on the external Moses and Adam and Abraham and the external Jesus and never stop to think that every character in the Bible, every event in the Bible, everything in the Bible is a two-story story. Jesus is not just a historical figure. If that's the only story of Jesus that you know, the historical Jesus, then you don't know Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say this. If the only Jesus you know is the Jesus of the theologians, you definitely don't know Jesus. There is the inner Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, meaning the consciousness of consciousness. Because the Son of God is the consciousness of consciousness, the awareness of awareness. God is awareness. I am God, the Bible says. I am, meaning formless awareness. And the awareness of that awareness is the Son of God. And Jesus, the person, the historical figure, is the realization and the demonstration of who and what every man is in God and what God is in every man. Jesus is the reflection of who you really are. And if you don't find yourself in Jesus and Jesus in yourself, then you've never found Jesus. Let us go now directly into the parable of the mustard seed which is found in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 31st through the 32nd verses. This parable is from the lips of the Master Jesus. Another parable put he forth unto them, 
saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. The parable of the mustard seed here belongs to that group of parables of Jesus referred to as the kingdom of heaven parables because it mentions the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven parables, we constantly hear Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And so let's first of all find the key, the meaning to the term kingdom of heaven as used in this parable and as used in the parable of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven in this parable means the mind and its processes, the working of the mind of God in man, the working of the mind of God in man. I'm giving you this key so that you will know what to look for when you read and study the kingdom of heaven parables. You know, it's good to know what you're looking for, isn't it? When you know what you're looking for, you'll recognize it when you find it. If you don't know what you're looking for, then you may not recognize whatever you find. So, in all of the kingdom of heaven parables, look for the lesson, the inner lesson, the story within the story, which shows, which illustrates the mind and its processes the working of the mind of God in man. So when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like unto, it really means the mind and its processes are like this, the working of the mind of God in man is like this. With that in mind, let us study with new insight the parables, and in this session, the parable of the mustard seed. In this parable, a grain of mustard seed symbolizes an infinite divine idea which appears to mortal sense to be of little or no account. It looks more like a speck. From its size, mortal sense would judge it to be of little or no account. But yet, the type of mustard seed that Jesus was talking about, that particular species, when that seed germinated and grew to maturity, it was a great big plant. What does this tell us? This tells us that a divine idea or an idea period is so many times discounted by mortal mind. So many good ideas have been discounted. Oh, that's no good. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, you can't do that. And many times people have missed great blessings 
because they themselves have discounted the divine ideas, the divine inspirations given to them within. Or they have been dissuaded from their divine ideas or their inspirations by others. I always talk about the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, who are the forerunners of the science of aerodynamics. It is because of them, to a great measure, that the giant airplanes fly through the skies at hundreds of miles an hour and even twice the speed of sound and more. The last time I went to London, I flew nonstop on the Concorde in three and one quarter hours. And it was interesting because the captain tells you when you reach the speed of sound, and he tells you when you reach twice the speed of sound, and we kept dipping over to more than twice the speed of sound. And there we were, flying through the skies, eating silly mignons, deserting on strawberry shortcake. And just to think that all of this came from a silly idea of two young brothers in a bicycle shop in Ohio, Orville and Wilbur Wright, who looked out of the door of their bicycle shop and saw birds flying and got the idea, the silly idea, the crazy idea. Birds fly over the rainbow. Why then, oh, why can't I? And so they began to fashion some kind of flying contraption. Their first flight lasted less than a minute and didn't get up as high as the treetop. Their father was an eminent clergyman, a bishop. And when he learned that his boys... Remember, all I'm offering is the truth.
your host, Arcane L. The truth. Peace, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I don't sound like I can hear myself. Hang on. Hope it, okay, there we go. This new mic. Got to get used to it. Man, it's a new year. It's January 4th, 2022. Before you know it, it'll be December 31st, 2022. Man, this year was a blur. A lot of good things happened last year. Oh. Um, you know, man, um, we had a good turnout for the uh, prosperity ritual. I think it was around close to 30, 40 people. That's a good amount of people that joined in to write down their intentions to good intentions for this new year. Uh, it's always good to write things down and to reflect on what you want to happen, to be deliberate about your success. 
deliberately uh, putting your consciousness exactly what you want to happen. Too many times we leave things to bite to chance. We haven't been taught to take the time and reflect on those things that we want good to happen. Instead, we've been distracted by watching, you know, social media, any type of media uh, distractions, and, and, and most of that stuff's negative. For the most part, it's negative. It's, it's not helping you uh, reflecting on their agenda. So that's why you need to create your agenda, something that you can think about daily and consistently. So... Let's use who's in the house. Karini, happy Tuesday, Sam. Sidewalk, heads up. Says he's in South Carolina. Uh, someone said they this day first time. Uh, thank you for joining. Uh, Gladstone Robinson in the house. So I know you guys saw that picture I had up here, right? Let's put it up here again. Here it is. You see that, right? That's this was uh, out of Puck Magazine, eighteen ninety nine. This is when this was drawn. And when you look at the picture, you can see the, the depiction of what these people look like. You know, you got right here Philippines, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, hang on. Let me see if I can enlarge that. Puerto Rico at that time was spelled this way. P-O-R-T-O, Rico, Cuba. These are, these, these are all of the people. And I'm going to go into this a little bit later on. I'm going to go into that. And, and, and I'm going to read about the Taino people, the Arawaks, who these people was. I did a show a while back. But I, I have to go over it again because some people in the membership they want to know, well, what do I put down? And, you know, Puerto Rico is one of those corporate titles that they got down. It's a U.S. citizen title. So what do I put down instead of Puerto Rico? And then, you know, we talked about Taino. And, and even that title is not a real title. That is a term given to those people. But I'll show you. I'll read through it, you know. But I, I always use that term Taino because they were the indigenous people, uh, according to the sources that I'm going to show you, of the Caribbean. You know, you like Jamaica, Trinidad, Tobago, uh, Cuba, um, Haiti, Dominican Republic. And if you ever been to Dominican Republic and Haiti, you see the people there. A lot of those folks over there, for the most part, are dark. What is he talking about? Why African Diaspora News Channel on your live stream? There is no African. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what is he talking about? Because I can see what's streaming here, and it's a picture up here. Um, let me see. What is he talking about? Let me go to see what y'all see. Let's see. Go to my 
channel. I don't know what you're looking at. You might be looking at something else. But you ain't looking at my channel. And I'm looking. And I'm clicking. See ya. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I, I see the picture I'm showing. Um, let me mute this. Sometimes it's good to have this up to play it. Usually I have my laptop up and I can see what's going on, but you guys see. Um, anyway. So, someone tagged it. I don't know. I'm not paying attention to that. So, this I'll go into this later, but let's talk about this new year, you know, making some good things happen. And, and and why sometimes we get distracted in the goals that we say we want. One of the main reasons is our association by way of the people we hang out with, of the programs we watch, the music we listen to, and the habits that we have. I meet a lot of people who claim they want success, they want to run, they want to bring prosperity to their business, but when it comes time to do that hard stuff, the sacrifice, when it comes time to, uh, to, to to put in that work, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm going to take a break. I need, I need you, you need to make room for, for this and that. And meanwhile, these people that claim they want their business to be successful are not making money in their business, but they got time to rest. They got time to take a break and get mad at you when you're talking to them. Wait a minute, you don't have time to take a break. You're running a business. And that if you're not, this is, this is, let me be very blunt. If you're trying to start a business and it's not making money, and you're taking breaks and doing all kinds of stuff, doing everything else that, takes away from your time from your business, then you're not serious. You're just talking. You're just making an empty declaration that you want a business because you're not willing to not do the things that are distracting. I just need and then And then they really get in their mind and justify to themselves that what they say makes sense. But see, to a person like myself who is running a business, it don't make sense to me. It will never make sense to me. It is no way if I got a business and it's not making money, it's not doing what I needed to do, that I could sit back and look at myself in the mirror and be proud of that. It's no way. You should not be proud of failure. Not failure where you're trying to work and it's, you know, you have to re, you know, re, you know, redo things because you did something and it didn't work out. No, failure when you're just not doing it. You're not putting in the work. That's that type of failure. And, and, and another thing that keeps people from being successful is they'll start on an idea but don't follow through on the idea. Oh, it, it don't give it enough time to plant. 
you know, you you know, you like a seed. You put it in the ground. It takes time for it. You gotta water it, and the next you know it'll be budding. You know, it'll come pop up through the soil. But that takes time. If you stand there and you watch that seed, wait for it to pop through the soil, you'll never see it. But if you plant it and you just keep doing the work, going back, doing the work, you know it's gonna come. And next you know you see it. Then it becomes larger and bigger. So that's how you see progress, by you constantly watering your business, doing things daily to make it grow. And in this age of vanity, what I mean by that is people want likes over money. Let me say it again. People want to be liked. They want, oh, people like this over money. So they're more looking at who's checking off a, a like button than who's depositing money into their account. See, I don't worry about likes and how many people watch my videos. But I know one thing, that the content that I put out, the people that are willing to invest in my business watches it. They watch it and they invest. I don't have huge channels like, you know, some of these other people. Like, yeah, I, I got, you know, close to 9,000 followers on YouTube. And outside of that, I got more people following me. But it's, don't, I don't look, go on YouTube, oh, how many people like this? How many? I used to go on I said, I ain't worried about that. How, how it shows is when, when people come to my site, they say, you know, I like what he's saying. I'm going to invest in him. And I'm going to learn what he's teaching. You see? So, but anyway, stop distracting me with the unnecessary questions about stuff I'm not talking about. Um, you see, if you are serious about being successful, you're going to have to give up people, places, and some things. And the people you got to give up is the people that's not going in your direction. And what I mean by giving up, you got to get off the phone with them. You got to get off these daily conversations that are going nowhere. I really make it a point, and sometimes the people in my life don't get it when I say this, that I do not want to sit at the table too many times with people who are not in the same frame of mind as me. Not that I'm better than them. It's just that what are we going to talk about? Your job? I don't have a job. I don't have a place to clock in. So I'm not interested in hearing about anybody's job, the fact that they got to get up and go and what the supervisor did to them yesterday. I'm not interested in that because that's not my lifestyle. And I'm not interested in encouraging anybody in that area. But I try to encourage people and and do something for yourself. Become your own boss. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Everybody can do it. They have children making videos, opening toys, making millions of dollars. Why can't you make millions of dollars? What's the difference between this child that's opening up toys and you? Older, more wiser, more experienced, right? 
see. What is the difference? Not just in this child, then someone else who has a successful business and you don't. What's the difference? The difference is dedication and consistency. The person that's succeeding in their business is dedicated to it. It's their way of life. They put it first. They nurture it. They don't, oh, man, I'm tired. I got to, you know, I got to take a break. Mm-mm. You can take a break when your business is making money when you're on vacation. That's when you might be able to take a break. A real, real high-performing individuals out there with their business, they don't even take a break then. It just depends on the level of commitment that you have. Like people like Dan Pena, he's got billions of dollars, but he don't take breaks. He spends the large majority of his day, all of his day, investing his time in his business. And if he's talking to someone, guess what he's talking about? His business. That's why he got billions of dollars. That's why he has billions of dollars. Because he talks about his business every day. He promotes his business every day. The reason why I don't have billions of dollars is because maybe I need to do that. What he's talking about, what he's doing. Investing most all of my time or most of it into my business. No breaks. You get back what you put into something. You see? You will get back what you put into it. And if you're not getting anything out of your business, that means you need to look at your time and your investment and your strategies. Some people really believe that they can hang on to these old associates, these old friends, even families, and still remain and become successful. No. Most people who have become super successful had to shed friends or people they called friends, family. And they had to sacrifice their time and be dedicated to that. Yeah, she said. Let me let me let me address this comment. Somebody says, "Saying maybe everyone's business should be love, not dollars." <laughs> okay, tell that to your landlord. See, that's what people that preach. We love this and love that. Yeah, love is great, but it doesn't pay bills. It doesn't pay. Let's be realistic. Love never paid a bill for anybody. Shoot. Love don't even keep people together. So that philosophy need to be rethought. Yeah, I got love. And how I show love is I go out there and I make that money so I can take care of my family and give them a nice lifestyle. <laughs> Someone said that is a broke mindset. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's, see, that's what they love. Love does it all, you know. Please, come on. 
Love is good. You got to have love. I, and how I show love is putting in the work on my business so I can make money and give my family the lifestyle they deserve. That's me showing love. It love dear no pills. Okay, go to another planet, brother. You want a whole another planet. <laughs> you know, yeah, you got, yeah, hey, have love. Have love. And tell that to the landlord when it's time to pay the rent. Tell it to the, the cardinal people, you know, the light bills. Tell them, hey, I got love for you. They say, yeah, that's great. But uh, we still need that bread. You know. Hey, how about you, uh, Sam Sidewalk? Why don't you go set up a show and talk about your creator's love ideas? Because right now we're talking about prosperity, having a pocket full of money, because it is hell when you don't have money in this system. You are living a life of hell. You are in hell if you're broke. Okay? I don't know any happy, loving people when they broke. You see, the the number one thing that breaks couples up is money problems. The hell with love at that point, most people will, will say, like, wait a minute, okay, that's love, yeah, that's great. But hey, we gotta we gotta eat. <laughs> that's right. He said, You are the greatest, so show love and go make that money. I agree real time. Tell him. You know, I got love. I got love. I love what I do. That's why I do it, and that's why I'm able to be compensated well for what I do because I love what I do. That's love, right there. And love is me expressing to you to tell you it is okay to have lots of money. It's okay to be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. It is okay. If that's what you want to be, go be it. There's not too many people out here that's talking about they okay with not having money. It'll be all right, you know. No, no. They're lying. Because that's why, you know, people without money is always asking people with money for some money. You see? Show love for yourself by living prosperous, feeling that you deserve to live like a king. Everybody deserves to live like a king or a queen. To have an abundance. This is what it was all here for. To have dominion. Because when I research the Bible and I read the Bible, all of the God's called men and women were wealthy. They weren't broke. They had something to offer. They had jobs to offer people. They had people working for them. So this idea that, you know, let's do love and don't worry about money, 
You see, that mindset will always keep you broke because what you focus on is what you're going to receive. Okay, yeah, you can focus on love, and I agree, focus on that, but you also need to focus on keeping your pockets full. Because if you don't focus on it, it's going to be empty. And you're not going to be able to tell your your landlord, your mortgage company, that I got love for you. They ain't going to hear that. All right? All right, what y'all saying? Okay, Maxim Moore. You don't have to tell everybody your business. Stop. See, you put your, you putting your stuff out here in a public forum. People are haters out here. They'll sit out there and do a, a, a ritual to try to keep you from getting it. I talk in generalizations about the things that I have and things that I do, you know. Um, so my, I'm looking, Myron my, 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 I'm looking for your videos on proper trust options and doing tenant. I don't have any videos out in the public on those things. You will never see them publicly. That is only shared in my premium membership group in a private forum. Those, that information. There will be no videos publicly out there of me teaching that stuff. So let's see. Da, 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 da. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, Locking. I'm putting poverty mindsets in the, in the block list. I don't. I don't need to have that in my psyche. Uh, it's my private membership, Akeemail.com. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. All of this other chitty chat side conversation. All right, let's get up. Okay, let's pull up this picture again. All right. There it is. So this is from Puck Magazine, 1899. Puck Magazine was notorious for making cartoon depictions of what was going on back in those days. And this picture says a lot. You got one of the biggest reasons why I showed it, I just wanted you to see the complexion of the people from this time. This is 1899. So the artist drew this, showing you what these people looked like from these areas. You got Philippines, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Cuba. Nothing like what they're trying to make you think these people look like, you know, in these 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 in these now mainstream media and even in your vacation brochures. You see? And if you look in the background, you see an uh, Indian or what they would call an Indian with a with a book in his hand and it's upside down, CBA. And then right outside the door is let me just put it in perspective. That's a a Chinaman. And look at his complexion. Over here you got Alaska. Look at that complexion. Then you have these other colonized states. 
And I'm going to read about that and see how you got, show you how you got sold out, how you became part of their, uh, one of their employees. See, this says CBA. CBA stands for Collective Bargaining Agreement. So what is a collective bargaining agreement? What does that mean? Let's see if I can um, find a definition for that. Get, get the definition for collective bargaining is mainly uh, uh, um, let's see I know what it is but I like to read the definition a collective bargaining agreement is a written legal contract between an employer and a union representing the employees so why would an Indian be reading that? And he's reading it upside down, which indicates there's an agreement that he doesn't understand because he's reading it upside down. So are they trying to say that the United States made a collective bargaining agreement with the tribes of the Americas? And of course, you know, it's probably had all kind of traps. Like, Let's say one of the collectible agreements was to change your status, to change your name, to change your tribe from the original tribal name to something that they can control or have jurisdiction over. Like, for instance, Puerto Rico. Right? When I read about them, uh, the original people was the Taino. But if you go deeper, it wasn't Taino. It was, they were called something else. Tainos was something that the, the explorers were, were calling them. So, in order to gain control, they came up with these agreements. This is why, I tell you, they didn't kill off the indigenous people. They just did this. Collective bargaining agreements and reclassified. Renamed. And in a collective bargaining agreement it also talks about how you're going to get compensated and paid. So that means that who was whoever was in charge made a bad deal and sold off his tribe to the United States under these collective bargaining agreements. Because when you look at the indigenous people, it was too many of them to, to, to go to war with them and just take it over. No. They did, did it through trickery, through, through the pen. Paper genocide. But let's read it. Let's, let's read this. All right. I'm going to read this. Let me share... Screen. Let's go to Chrome Tab. I read this a while ago, but it, 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 we need to read it again. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It says Taino were an indigenous people of the Caribbean. At the time of European contact in the late 15th century, they 
were the principal inhabitants of most of what is now Cuba, Hispaniola, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, the Bahamas, and the northern lesser Antilles. The Taino were the first New World peoples encountered by Christopher Columbus during his 1492 voyage. They spoke the Taino language, a division of the Arawakan language group. Many Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Dominicans have Taino empty DNA showing they were descendants through the direct female line. Some groups of people currently identify as Taino, most notably among Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and Cubans, both on the Caribbean islands themselves and on the United States mainland. However, it is controversial whether Taino culture was has actually survived or whether it gradually blended into shared cultural identity, which is descended from Africa, Spanish, and Taino cultures, but which can no longer be truly identified with the historic Taino culture. Yeah, because y'all blended them in through collective bargaining agreements. Some scholars such as Jalil, Suez, Badilio, and ethno-historian in the University of Puerto Rico assert that although the official Spanish history speak of the disappearance of the Taino as an ethnic identification, Many survivors left descendants, usually by intermarrying with other ethnic groups. Recent research reveals a high percentage of mixed ancestry in the populations of Cuba, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. The ancestors of the Taino originated in South American continent. The Taino culture, as documented, developed on the Caribbean island. Taino groups came into conflict with the island Caribs of the southern lesser Antilles. At the time of European contact, the Taino were divided into several groups. Western Taino groups included Lucan. Here it is. And look, let me just read that. Lucan people were the original residents of the Bahamas before the European conquest of the Americas. Now, if you go to my main page, there's a picture there that I took while I was in the Bahamas in a, in a, a bar, a restaurant bar. And they had this picture up here showing the original people there. And um, and showed how the ships were coming in with the crosses on it, how the settlers were coming in. And then later on, as you go on, this picture also depicted how they came from the original people. And all of a sudden, they changed their religion. Christianity. So those are the Lucan people in the Bahamas. Let me get that. Um, I'm still reading that. Where was it? Lucan, Lucan. Um, now my eyes have lost it. Groups, Island Caribs, let's into these are the Island Caribs and what they look like. According to okay, Lucan. Correct. They were branch of the Tainos who inhabited most of the Caribbean islands at the time. Lucanians were the first indigenous Americans encountered by Christopher Columbus. So what, what they're telling you is everywhere they were going, they were running into dark people. Okay. And then in, um, of the Bahamas, the the, the Siboni of Central Cuba. The inhabitants, a 
of Jamaica. The classic Taino lived in Hispaniola and Puerto Rico, while the eastern Taino lived in the northern islands of the Lesser Antilles. So that's part of it. You guys can read that. Here's the link. And I want to move on to something else. That's the link for that. So let's go to should I read that? No. Okay. Alright. I don't know. I got so much up here. Here's something I found on Haiti, pre Columbian Hispanolia. Uh, let's share this screen. Chrome tab 80. Here's a link. Let me uh, put this link in the chat here. Okay. And this look, this here is pre-Columbian Hispaniola Arawak Taino Native American. So basically, they're telling you Arawak would be one of the original names. Lucan would be one of the original names. So those of you who are kind of confused on how to do your passport process and what you should be calling yourself, I'm giving you somewhere to look and decide, okay? Here it is. It says, I'll skip down. Below is an overview of the Arawak Taino Native Americans, the original natives of the land today called Haiti and Dominican Republic. Now, y'all know what the people look like over there. This is not so much an original treatment, but I pulled a lot of material together from about a dozen sources. So it's more like an extended report, all right? Then it goes over these topics. On December 6, 1492, Christopher Columbus landed at Mole Street Nicholas in Hades North. Thus began a totally new phase of life on the island of Hispaniola. See, that, you know, remember he said he came to America, blah, 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 blah. He didn't come to this land, North America. He didn't land here first. Most people are aware that Christopher Columbus landed at San Salvador on October 12, 1492, thus discovering the new world for Spain. Less known is that his second landfall was at Mole Street, Nicholas, Haiti, on December 1492, or that the first settlement in the new world was La Navidad on Haiti's north coast. This settlement, which housed sailors from the Santa Maria, which sank off Haiti's coast, was founded on December 24, 1492. Plumbers did not discover a lost or unknown land. It was a flourishing civilization of Native Americans. The primary group was the Arawak Taino Indian. Arawak is the general group in which they belong and describes especially the common language that this group of Native Americans share. They range from Venezuela through the Caribbean and Central America all the way to Florida. However, the particular group of Arawak-speaking people who lived on the island of Hispaniola was Taino Indians. To keep both names before us, I'll use the term Arawak Taino to refer to them. 
The Arawakana society was basically a very gentle culture. It was characterized by happiness, friendliness, and a highly organized hierarchical fraternity society and a lack of God. Each society was a small kingdom, and the leader was called a a kazik. Uh, that means like king or something. Oh, I looked that up earlier. At the time of Columbus, there was five different kingdoms. Uh, there were five different kingdoms on the island of Hispaniola. The Indians practiced polygamy. Most men had two or three wives, but the Kazakhs had as many as 30. It was a great honor for a woman to be married to a Kazakh. Not only did she enjoy a materially superior lifestyle, but her children were held in high esteem. Um, let, let's, let's, let's define that word to keep using here. Let me copy that so that y'all can get a clear understanding of what that word means. Definition. A Latin or American Spanish-speaking Caribbean, a native chief. So that's a chief, basically. All right? All right, let's get back to it. Now, on this, okay, we read that. The Arawak County used two primary architecture styles for their homes. The general population lived in circular buildings with poles providing the primary support, and these were covered with woven straw and palm leaves. It was somewhat like North American teepees, except Rather than being covered with skins, they need to reflect the warmth of the climate and simply use straw and palm leaves. The Kazis was singled out for unique housing. Their housing was rectangular and even featured a small porch. Despite the difference in shape and a considerably larger building, the same materials were used. When the Africans came beginning in 1507, they introduced mud and wattle as primary building materials. However, there is no record of Arawak Tainu having used these materials. Okay. So they're basically giving you an idea of these people, right? I don't have to read all this, and I'm not. What I want to get to is this Avalon project. Oh. And it's the, the Treaty of Annexation, Texas, April 12, 1844. So this goes back to that picture. Because if you go to that picture that I showed earlier, let's let's go to that picture I showed earlier. Let's go back. One of the states on this picture at the front, very front, is Texas. See it? Texas. Oh, that's too big. My bad, y'all. How do I get that back? Oh, there you go. Texas. And I'm going to show you exactly how they got you. Now, I went over, I kind of skimmed a lot of this. Collective bargain agreements, this is how they did it. And to tell you the truth, the your Articles of Confederation is a form of a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. So, let's go. Let's read this. 
Let's read this. Let me show you how y'all, how the states is really screwing their citizens. Chrome tab. Oh, see, when I do stuff, I read exactly where I get the sources from. So I'm going to put this in the chat for you so you can read it. So all the people talking about being a state citizen, yeah, I'm a state citizen. Well, I hope this discourages you. Here it is. The people of Texas having at the okay, let's start from the beginning. The Treaty of Annexation. We all know what annex do we know what annexation means? Annexation. Let's look at that. This is a collective bargaining agreement. I'm just letting y'all know, right? This is a collective bargain. And it's also an amalgamation. Annexation, a formal act whereby a state proclaims its sovereignty over territory hitherto outside its domain, unlike session whereby territory is given or sold through treaty. Annexation is a unilateral act made effective by actual possession and legitimized by general recognition. Boom. Now, and I also use that word amalgamation. Amalgamate. Combine or unite to form one organization or organization of structure. So the Articles of Confederation is an amalgamation, the integration of the 50 states combining as one. Yes. All right. So let's go back to this. The Treaty of Annexation, Texas, April 12, 1844, a treaty of annexation concluded between the United States of America and the Republic of Texas. The people of Texas having, this is why I keep telling you are not the people. The people are the people that are in that Congress making those laws. That's the people they're referring to. Okay. The people of Texas having at the time of adopting their constitution expressed by an almost unanimous vote their desire to be incorporated into the union of the United States and being incorporated and being still desirous of the same with equal unanimity in order to provide more effectually for their security and prosperity and the United States actuated solely by the desire to add their own security and prosperity, and to meet the wishes of the government and people of Texas have determined to accomplish by treaty objects so important that their mutual and permanent welfare, so important to their mutual and permanent welfare. For that purpose, the President of the United States has given full powers to John C. Calhoun, Secretary of State of the United, of the said United States, and the President of the Republic of Texas has appointed with like powers Isaac Van Zant and Jay Pinkney Henderson, citizens of said republic, and and the said plenipotentiaries, after exchanging their full powers, have agreed on and concluded the following articles. Article one Republic of Texas, acting in conformity with the wishes of the people in every department of this government, cedes to the United States all its territory. So it just said I'm giving Okay, let's see. What does seeds mean? What does that mean? 
What does it mean? See, give up power. He ceded control of company to his brother. Give up power or territory. Gave up sovereignty. That's what happened. To the United States, all the territories to be held by them in full property and sovereignty and to be annexed to the said United States as one of their territories, subject to the same constitutional provisions with their other territories. This session includes all public blocks and squares, banquet lands, mines, meadows, salt lakes and springs, public edifices, fortifications, barracks, ports, harbors, navy, navy yards, docks, magazines, arms, armaments, accoutrements, archives, public documents, public funds, debts, taxes, dues unpaid at the time of exchange of ratification of this treaty. The citizens of Texas shall be incorporated into the union, union of the United States, maintained and protected in free enjoyment of their liberty, property, and admitted, as soon may be consistent with the principles of federal constitution to the enjoyment of the rights, privileges, and immunities of citizens of the United States. So this is why these, these people who preach in state citizenship, none of this stuff works. Because this is because you are basically saying the same thing. You're you not you're a US citizen. If you're a state citizen, all titles and claims to real estate which are valid under the laws of Texas shall be held to, held to be sold by the United States, and measures shall be adopted for speedy adjudication of all unsettled claims to land and patents shall be granted to those found to be valid. This is why y'all not winning foreclosure cases either, because basically all of the laws that they're following in foreclosure are federal. Oh, federal statutes, and it is their requirement to make sure that you don't win by way of these little, oh, let's see, so, let's, uh, I'm, I'm handling some stuff in the chat here. I don't know what these people, we got trolls in here. Um. Because it's their job to block you from winning. And just as just a side note, all of I, I, I know plenty of people facing foreclosures and dealing with issues in foreclosures and and some of them have these grant these ideas that these fancy processes gonna get them a free house. No it will not. Hundred percent. I have not seen anybody win a house through these processes. I've heard people make claims that they they have. It's not going to work, and, and this is why. This is why. Because the land don't even belong to the state anymore. They ceded it over. The public lands hereby ceded shall be subject to the laws regulating the public lands and other territories of the United States as far as they may, may be applicable. Subject. However, to such alterations and changes as Congress made from time to time, think proper to make. It is understood between the parties that if, in consequence of the mode of which land has been surveyed in Texas or from previous grants or locations, the 16th section cannot be applied for the purpose 
of education. Congress shall make equal provisions by grant of land elsewhere, and it is also further understood that hereafter the books, papers, and documents of the general, general land office of Texas shall be deposited and kept in such place in Texas as the Congress of the United States shall direct. See, Congress of the United States tells them where to keep their records. And, and what did they do? They said the United States will soon would agree to pay the public debts and liabilities of Texas. So in exchange for paying off their debt, they became property of the United States. However created for which the faith or credit of her government may be bound at the time of the exchange of the ratification of this treaty, which debts and liabilities are estimated not to exceed in whole ten millions of dollars to be ascertained and paid in the manner here and after stated. And I could go on and on and on. And I'm not gonna go on and on. I'm just giving y'all an idea of what happened. Back to this picture again. So when people coming to you and telling you that you wasn't from this land, and I'm in here showing you pictures and depictions of how they represented you to the world at the time, what these people looked like, or who were the originals, it's right here in your face. Now, these other colonized colonizers here, they're studying, they're, they're studying on how to be governed by the United States. Let's read the little caption up there. It says, the consent of the government is a good thing, in theory, but very rare in fact. So it is, <laughs> now this is 1899. England was governed, has governed her colonies whether they consented or not. By not waiting for their consent, she was greatly advanced the world's, has greatly advanced the world's civilization. The U.S. must govern its new territories with or without their consent until they can govern themselves. So the the philosophy of the United States is to govern you whether you consent or not. This is why they have all of this stuff where they want to mandate you to do certain things. They believe you don't know better. And over here it says the Confederate States refused their consent to be governed, but the Union was preserved without their consent. And that is and they're talking about the ratification of the 14th Amendment. That's what they're talking about. That wasn't really ratified. Um, and then at the bottom it says, Uncle Sam to his new class in, civil- in civilization. Now, children, you got to learn these lessons whether you want to or not. But just take a look at the class ahead of you and remember that in a little while you will feel as glad to be here as they are. And this is also speaks to speaks to the uh, the school system, what it's really for. School system is a system of indoctrination. That's what it's for. To teach you how to be governed without your consent. Let me see anything else I wanted to yeah. I think I, I think I made my point. I, I skimmed a lot. You know, we could be here all night, me talking about this. 
Because I can go in and, because um, I was actually reading, let me see if I can find that. Because I, I read, I think it was here. Let me see, make sure this is it before I go into it. Suggested. Now, if you click on these hyperlinks that are in there, starting with the Tainos, you, you'll start to realize that the names they were giving these people, Tainos, wasn't the original name. Um, but I don't have time to go into all of that. All right, what's going on in the chat? That's right. Um, no, that's it, chat. Pretty quiet. All right, now if you wanna, uh, if you have a comment on what I was talking about, press the one button. The number is five six three. Let me put it on the screen. There it is. Five six three nine 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 three six one five. Press one. What is this? Oh, God. I don't know. Trash. Um, press one. We have a lot of trolls starting the year off. <laughs> I, I guess this picture sparked a lot of uh, interest. You know, I haven't done a show like this in a long time, and here all the trolls who want to distract y'all from the truth. All right, 563-999-3615. Oh, let me take this off the screen. If you want to talk to me, if you don't want to talk to me, I'm going to stop and move on and, and, and end the show. Somebody said they're just listening. Okay. That's cool. All right. Reminder. So I decided that my first seminar is going to be in, um, you know what, I'm not going to disclose. I'm going to be doing a seminar. I will disclose. Once it's all planned out and done, and I will I will give you the information and the date because there's a lot of distractors, haters out there. So, But it's going to be in a nice place. If you were on my um, prosperity ritual uh, New Year's Eve, you know where I said I was going to do the first seminar. But I'm going to get it planned out. Hopefully we get it done within the next 30 to 45 days. And I'll announce it. Um, then we plan on doing um, another New Year's, the real New Year's celebration. <clears throat> I think that's like March 20th or the 22nd, something like that. You know that 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 celebrating the the new life coming back to the to the area to this North American uh, North America. So so with that. Oh, by the way, my son is back doing shows. He's been doing shows consistently on Saturday. It's called uh, Self Growth 
Saturday or something like that. I've listened to a few of the shows. They're pretty good. He's he's he, he's getting back in the grind of things. I didn't I didn't chase him down. He just decided. So. All right. With that being said, I, I guess nobody got much to say. Um. Oh, there is a hand up. Oh. <clears throat> My other half is on. Let's 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 bring her in. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Very good show. Thank you. Thank you. I yes. And so you shared um, that picture with me before, but when I looked at it again, um, what was interesting to me is how all the brown people were in the front of the class. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So. <laughs> They're the ones getting us the, the lessons that we and the indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. The other ones mm-hmm. are with the program. They, 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 they were going to be the people to come in and replace those, right, right. Uh, those brown skinned people. Right. Yeah. They, they yeah, were learning thought... how to do government back then. That's why mm-hmm. their book said Texas and stuff. They were learning how to run those states, those territories. Okay. And the front, the kids in the front, was learning how to accept their leadership. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like you explained it. Um, but I think it's all very fascinating. So, but I yeah. called because um, I also called because I sent you the affirmations that I read mm-hmm. <laughs> during the New Year's celebration. Okay. So I just let you know that um, if anyone was interested in. Hearing them again or reading them for yourself, I think you said I can. Right, yeah, because some people wanted those emailed. Um, those are good affirmations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I so. so. Okay, that was it. I just wanted to okay, call. All right. Well, I'll call talk in. to you later. I'm about okay. to shut it down, so. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. All right, anybody else? Oh, I'm going to be out. I see a lot of fake names in the chat that I'm blocking, like weird names. So they're trying to hack the channel. So, all right, well, well, with that being said, no one got their hand up on Blog Talk. Um, Like I said, Keep your goals focused, your positive goals. Keep them in your mind. Talk about them. Think about them. Dream about them every day and also work towards them. All right? That being said, I'll show this picture one more time. There you go. Peace.